Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Heat versus the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel Hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and with me, I got Orchard and Kev, and we got a great episode headed y'all way, because in case y'all ain't heard the news, Miami went into Denver last night, and they got the win. We are now three wins away from holding that Larry O'Brien trophy. It feels mad good right now, and honestly, man, I'm just so happy we got the win, because we all know what it's like playing in Denver, you know, the altitude is crazy and everything. And this is a Miami Heat team that has not won in Denver since since 2016. We're talking about the Obama administration right now. So we went in and we got the dub. It's also important to acknowledge the fact that Denver has only lost there like seven times the whole season. And that's only in the regular season, meaning that they had not lost a single game at Denver this whole postseason run. And their last loss in Denver literally came in March. So they're talking about almost, what, three months without losing a game in Denver. So for Miami to go in there and get the job done and steal game two and come back to Miami with the series tied 1-1, it's definitely a big deal for the Heat. And, you know, while, while we're, we're going to talk about game three, you know, later on in the pod, but all I got to say is you're in a situation now where you're going to play Denver, a team that hasn't been completely good on the road. They were 19 and 22 in the regular season and they're four and three in the playoffs right now. But all of those stats aside, I just want to see Miami go in and handle business and protect home court. You know, this is going to be the first time that Miami is playing finals basketball in Miami since 2014. So I want the crowd to be lit and everything. But, you know, all all of that on future talk aside, I'm just beyond happy from what I saw. Another big thing to mention is the fact that Bam Adebayo and Gabe Vincent stepped up. Both of them have played really good. And honestly, they're two early picks for finals MVP if the Heat get the job done because I don't want to go too far ahead. But great performances by both of them in both Game 1 and Game 2. And I also got to give a big shout-out to the Heat for making the adjustment, going out and getting Kevin Love in the starting lineup. 
while also making sure to limit Jokic into just being a scorer. I don't want to go too deep into that because I don't want Spo, if he listens to this pod, to think that I'm one of them people with the um what what's the word he used again? The um the untrained eyes. So I'm not gonna go too deep into it. But yesterday, even though Jokic got 41 and we know he's gonna get his no matter what, we were able to limit the assists. He finished the game with four assists altogether. And that's very impressive when you consider the fact that he finished the first half of game one with 10 assists already. So big ups to the Heat for being able to go into Denver and getting this win. And like I said before, we're going back to Miami for the next two. Let's protect home court and let's try to go up three games to one if possible. How do you feel, Orich, after looking at this game two win? I am extremely hyped. Man, I I you know, I was telling Joel earlier, I was feeling pretty good about the Heat gains this game in Denver, but entering the fourth quarter, I was I I changed my mind. Like I was like, man, we we just every time we seem to gain momentum, it just goes down. You know, like at the start of the game, I really liked how we started off. Obviously, Max started off hot hitting four threes. We had that early lead and then we just completely collapsed in the second quarter. Obviously, the Nuggets went on that like 27 to 6 run and they just did not slow down. But this team just stayed resilient throughout the entire time. You had guys like Gabe Vincent, um, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy, all these guys just always keep hitting some some shots to keep us in the game. And that's what's important because some teams when they, you know, go on scoring droughts or you know, go or let other teams go on scoring runs. It just brings the it just brings it down, and you know they can't recover at the end. And obviously, I don't know if you guys saw, but there's that stat that the Heat have like the most like, I think it's fourth quarter comebacks right now. Um, with seven, it's tied with the 2011 Heat, um, 2012, and the Warriors, whatever. But that was amazing, and obviously the I just love the adjustments, like Kevin Love back in the starting lineup. I was really, I really thought he should have been in game one because we were struggling to shoot from the three, and that's that's where you need Kevin Love. So I'm glad that Spolster made the change to add him back in the lineup. Uh, he was obviously very critical for size and rebounding. Aaron Gordon didn't bully everyone in the paint like how he did in game one. Um, and obviously, like we just went against all the favors, man. Like you were saying, like it's been seven years since we beat Denver in Denver. And they haven't lost a home game since March. That's incredible. I had no idea that. I knew they were undefeated in the playoffs, but I didn't know it's been three months since they lost at home. So that is incredible. Obviously, got to shout out Duncan Robinson. This guy just, he, it's not the first time that he saved us in the fourth quarter. I feel like there's been like two or three games now where he just has this hot start in the fourth quarter. The to bring us into the game and obviously his 8-0 run is just what gave us the momentum to take the lead um and in terms of jimmy you know obviously he didn't have the offensive game that we hoped but his the other things he did was incredible like especially to me was the ball denial and jamal murray you know they switched him on tim and he only took jamal murray only took 15 shots which is really big because we already know that guy is uh, he's tough man at the end, he almost brought the Nuggets back to force overtime. So, shout out to Jimmy because he's on a bad ankle and he has to take on that defensive assignment. That's tough. And he also hit a clutch shots in the in the final five minutes. And lastly, the thing is the, the three pointers. I think this was the most three that the Heat have hit 
in their franchise finals history. So they definitely stepped up, ignored what happened in game one, and we got that dub, man. Right. And also another thing that I just want to acknowledge is the fact that we actually got more free throws in this game. What happened in game one was nonsense. And I know some Nugget fans are probably mad because, you know, there's all this talk about um the whole play where Bam got the block and they tried to say it was the goaltending or whatever. We do not care because literally Bam literally got fouled on a three pointer from Jokic, which if I know y'all saw the play, like that was clean from hip from Bam. So I don't want to hear nothing about that. And then you have the fact that Bam can get fouled for that, but Jokic on the other hand can slap Bam in the face on one play and not get a single call on being made by the whistles being made by the refs, you know, with that whistle whatsoever. So I don't want to hear none of it with the excuses for that. So that, along with the fact that we only got two free throws for all the game one, is beyond crazy. So I'm just happy we got the win. And that also I wanted to quickly acknowledge the fact um, from what you mentioned, Orchard, about Duncan. It's the fact that all 10 of his points came in the fourth quarter, which was impressive to see because he really came in and he did his thing. Like you said, you know, this is probably like the second or third game this year where in this playoff run where he was able to come in and do his thing and and really help this team out. So for him to hit those clutch threes and then mean mugging in Denver, like, it's so great to see, and it's also kind of hilarious. Like, even if he's having 10 points, that man is still going to talk his talk, and I love it. Some people might look at it and be like, oh, they're trying to front run or whatever, but nah, because when you look at everything Duncan has been through this season to get to this point, like, you can't help but feel so proud of him because he's been through so much slander ever since he signed that contract. So, Big shout-outs to Duncan. And, Kev, I know you feeling great about this win, too, man. Say what you got to say. Man, I feel like I've said it a whole bunch of different times, but just another complete team effort, team win, bro. Like, from Spo all the way down, like, everybody did what they are supposed to do, as Ultra said. Um, I want to give a lot of credit to Bam, man, because he's been – these first two games, he's been – honestly, I can make a case he's playing the best basketball of his career right now, like – and his aggressiveness, just his ability to make key and time he plays time after time again, whether it's the screen, the easy layups for Duncan or, you know, finding wide open shooters or coming off the dribble handoffs and dunking on dudes. Like, he's just playing great basketball. On the other end, he's having to guard the Joker, and that's a huge task in of itself. So what he's doing, I just don't want anybody to take advantage of that or take that for granted because it's not too many guys. It's probably not even more than five guys that are capable of doing what he's doing right now. And to me, I mean, if we keep on winning, which I think we will, then I mean, he's definitely looking at a finals MVP in his future, but I don't want to get that too far, but man, Struess, I got to give a lot of credit to Max for bouncing back. He was what? of 10 game one came back out, hit like what? Three, three threes in the first quarter by himself. Um, again, I like the K love adjustment. You just need bigger bodies, bro. They're a much bigger team, a little bit more physical, but you get K love. I mean, he had 10 rebounds. I didn't even know that. He had, he finished the game with 10 rebounds. Um, and that just that just helps boost the morale of the team. Everybody's always talking about the type of locker room leader he is. He's changed the entire vibes of the locker room with multiple guys that said, like Kyle and Duncan. And, man, we're just getting production from everywhere. Like like I mentioned, Duncan in that fourth quarter, that was the biggest run of the game. We were down, what, eight. He had a couple threes. He had the and one on Jamal Murray. 
you know, Kyle made some time he played trying to get that offensive rebound off the free throw. And them three where he got fouled by Jeff Green, I think it was. He hit the three free throws. And God just made plays, man. So shout out to the entire team. Um, Jimmy hasn't had a, a big-time offensive performance regardless, though. But, I mean, he, again, he did a great job guarding Jamal Murray, especially on that last possession. And in the fourth quarter, like I always say, like if you give him the opportunity, he will carry you home. And he has some major buckets in that fourth quarter that completely just turned the tide of this game. So I loved it. Great team win. Can't complain. Let's get three more. Amen. And, you know, a quick thing that I just want to touch on from what you said, Kev, like the way how last night's game is a great way to see Jimmy play at his best, even if he's not having a great game on the offensive end. You know, just let the other guys do their thing. Let them get their buckets and, you know, try to win this game. And then at the fourth quarter, just let 22 take us there. You know, even if he was struggling for like whatever many whatever certain parts of the game just we know he's going to show up in the fourth quarter because a lot of people was going crazy already in the middle of the game saying oh Jimmy is still doing this he's still doing that but the man showed up and he did his thing come the fourth quarter so it was such a great thing to see overall and then you guys mentioned Max Man, like, the slander was crazy come game one. I'm not going to lie. I was a little un frustrated, so I was part of it. Please forgive me. <laughs> Please forgive me, y'all. But um, when it comes to Max, he played great, especially in that first quarter. And a lot of it goes back to the fact that Jimmy is such a great leader, and he puts so much confidence into these guys. Because I don't got the exact quote with me, but I know they mentioned it in the game, like, Jimmy literally said in the media availability that, you know, even if um Struess is missing like 10 straight threes, like he's still going to pass him the ball with the mentality that he will make this next one. And that's what you love to see, you know, that. And then, you know, we also mentioned Kevin Love. Like the thing with Kevin Love that I love is the fact that it was Duncan who said this. He is the guy who, even if a certain player takes a spot in the rotation or whatever, he is the type of guy to uplift them. You know, he's not going to say anything bad about that guy specifically. He's going to try to mentor them and help them be ready for the moment. And, you know, one quick um thing that I saw in last night's game that I thought was an underrated thing was um apparently Kevin had the ball, but he missed. He didn't see Gabe Vincent was wide open for a three. So a few minutes later, he goes up to Gabe and hugs him, you know, as a way of saying sorry for missing him on that one certain possession. So it's stuff like that you love to see, especially seeing how close this group is. But aside from that, man, great win overall. Um, Before we move on, though, to this next topic, I want to know, is there anything that you guys would like to add or are we ready to keep going? Cody Zeller is making sure I'm getting gray hair, man. I swear, man, that man's that man. Whenever he goes on the floor, I get anxiety. Like I, there was one possession where like he caught the ball, he dropped it, and then he tried to grab it again and dropped it. I don't know, man. Like I'm trying so hard to look for positives when he put Zeller on the floor, but uh, besides the pick and roll with Jimmy, it's just like uh, he's there obviously for rebounding and size, but to me, it's just he's having such a negative impact and I'm, I'm just trying to see what we, what adjustments that he can make in which they don't have to play him for as many minutes as they did. Uh, but that, that's the one negative I want to point out. I mean, he only played eight minutes, but I'll go on the flip side of that is that Gabe Vincent, man, like I, I should have mentioned him to start off, but like the poise he's playing with the patience, 
barely forcing jumpers like he was just the last round. Defensively, I think, has been the most impressive thing, playing the zone and him just completely denying the joker at the top near the free throw line area extended. Like, that's been huge, especially in that that in this past game and a little bit in the first game too. But Gabe just been balling, man. He's taking timely shots. You know, he's getting the offense and getting guys into their spots and just making play after play after play. So I want to give a huge, huge shout-out and salute to Gabe Vincent too because he's been holding it down. Right, because, you know, it felt like just yesterday we were on that um, Nick space and people was talking about, oh, y'all keep talking about Gabe Vincent. Oh, he undrafted. He ain't going to do much. You know, we focused on Jimmy and Bam and what them guys are going to do. But, you know, guys like Gabe, they've really shown up and done their thing. You know, Caleb, he had a great Celtics series. I know he's been struggling these last two games, but, you know, it seems like he's been battling a non-COVID illness. So, Hopefully he can rest up and could potentially be ready for that game three and we could get the healthy um, Boston Caleb that we were blessed to see last round. But, you know, also a quick thing to touch on with the um, Cody Zeller thing. It's it's tough because I, I ain't going to lie. I get nervous, too, when I see him come into the game because this is what will happen, right? I'll see Bam on the floor. Then all of a sudden ESPN will show some sort of replay. And then when the replay stops and they're showing like the actual footage of the game, I see number 44 in the game and I get really nervous because I didn't see him at the table at first, but now all of a sudden I see him in the game. It's like a big jump scare for me. But (laughs) one thing I'll say is that, I mean, at the end of the day, we, we don't, let's see, we're not going to put Kev in the, in the game too long. And even then he might get tired and obviously Bam needs to get his rest. So when you can't put either of those guys in the game, you're in a tough situation where you got to put Cody in. And it's just an unfortunate situation where the fall off between having a guy like Bam in the floor and having a guy like Cody Zeller in the floor is clearly there because we're blessed with having a top five center in the league, top three when he's not trolling. And when you get him off the floor, it's just a complete fall off the second you got a guy like Cody yeah, Cody in. I'm sorry, I get him confused with Caleb Martin because he got the twin in Charlotte. But, yeah, like, when you got Cody Zeller in, like, the fall-off between him and Bam is clearly there. And that's what makes it a nervous thing for me because it's always about can we survive the minutes where Cody Zeller's in the game? Like, can the fall-off not be as bad as it is whenever he comes in? So, like, if he's in the game and we're only down by, like, two or three – then all I ask is that it stays around that or we're some way somehow able to take the lead. I do not want to see him in the game for like three minutes only to see us go down by like three to now being down by 10. As long as we're not suffering in those minutes, then I can survive. So that's really all I got to say about that. Um, Is there anything else y'all want to touch on before we move on to this next topic? I'll take the silence as a no. All right. So with that being said, let's go into this um next topic. And, you know, I feel like we kind of touched on it a bit, but I really wanted to take this moment to talk about the players for this Heat team aside from Jimmy because it seems like a lot of people have been sleeping on this squad. And, you know, there was a certain quote that was trending all over social media, and it was with Jay Williams. In case y'all didn't hear, I don't got the exact quote with me, but he was basically saying that Jimmy Butler um, carrying this Miami Heat team is probably one of the biggest carry jobs we've seen in NBA history. 
And, you know, a lot of people got mad at that quote. The main reason why was because they thought that there was other bigger carries in NBA history, whether if it was what Braun did with the 07 Cavs and all that. But, you know, for a lot of Heat fans, they kind of looked at that quote with confusion. And the reason why is because when you look at it, it's beyond obvious that Jimmy didn't really carry this team and other guys just stepped up, you know, like, like I mentioned before, Caleb Martin played an amazing series against Boston. The dude was just one vote away from being the Eastern Conference Finals MVP. He also outscored Jalen Brown in that series, which isn't talked about enough. Um, You also have the fact that a guy like Bam showed up in um, the second round against New York. And not only is he showing up in this series against Denver, but we also talked about Gabe Vincent, too. So, you know, for me, it's just important that we just continue giving our guys their flowers because, I mean, I know people from like ESPN and all them other networks do not watch our um. How do I say it? I know they do not watch our um our games like that. But even then, man, like you would expect that they would at least know, you know, that guys have been stepping up. I mean, the Eastern Conference Finals was literally less than a week ago when Jay Williams said what he said. But all of that being said, like like I said, I just want to see our guys getting the flowers. And I just want to make sure that we make that very clear. Because like Spoh said, the whole thing with the undrafted players thing is nonsense at this point. Because these guys have came out and they've proven that they are them. Like, they are good at what they do. Like, we saw it with um, Caleb. We saw it with um, Gabe Vincent. And we're continuing to see it with our guys. Like, even Duncan yesterday, he had a great game. 10 points all, all from that fourth quarter. So, with that all being said, like, I just wanted to take that time to really look at that quote and, you know, just acknowledge that. So, is there anything that you guys want to add? Like, I'll start off with you, Kev. When it comes to that, like, I don't really put too much stock in what the media talking about. Uh, clearly, they haven't watched us that much. I mean, if we're just talking about how people view this team, like, people still think, like, this is a trick. Like, this is a, a one-hit wonder type thing. Like, bro, we ran through the two top teams in the Eastern Conference. I don't know what else you need to look forward to. We beat two of your top five dudes that finished the MVP voting between Giannis and Jason Tatum and could potentially be three if we, you know, win this series versus the Nuggets. So, honestly, stop caring. He fans to stop tripping. Like, people don't watch us, and it's fine. It's nothing, like, I, I, it really doesn't matter. It shows you every day. Like, people thought we were going to get swept, which I knew what was, wasn't going to happen. People thought this wasn't going to be a competitive series. They think the Nuggets are this gigantic, colossal team that's just, like, the greatest thing ever in it's a whole bunch of nonsense, bro. If you've been watching this Heat team, you know they're resilient as hell. No lead is too large for them. They don't fold. They don't panic. The fourth quarter is their favorite time of the game, and they make things happen. And their their head coach is a, a mastermind um, slash basketball genius that has arguably the highest IQ in the NBA when it comes to coaching. And um, this team is just different, man. So I don't, I don't really – feed into all the nonsense personally i'm, I'm kind of over at this point i'd rather just enjoy this team for what they're doing and not listen to anybody else outside of ourselves right because like i said i just want to make sure that we let it be known like even if we are a small platform like our guys deserve their flowers man because i'm always there for the jimmy butler propaganda i'm always there to make sure that jimmy jansport butler as we call him kev gets his flowers but at the same time like 
we can't help but acknowledge these other guys too. So when I saw that quote, I was conflicted because it's like I'm always going to be here for the Jimmy Butler agenda and seeing people talk good about him. But I also had to look at that and was like, hold up a quick second, because obviously, you know, we do have to acknowledge what these other guys have done. So, you know, uh, Orich, how about you, though? Like, what, what, what's on your mind when you look at this squad and, you know, the fact that it's not really been a carry job by Jimmy? Well, first of all, the fact that our, all these guys aren't getting the respect they deserve, it's not necessarily a bad thing, man. It's, it's fuel for them, right? They're going to they're gonna look and be like, okay. I, first of all, first of all, we, all, we already know that all, then when they look at these the, the media, they're like, screw what you think. We're going to do our thing. But just on top of that, it just fuels them to p- perform at a high level and continue to prove them wrong. And also, I just want to bring up this narrative which is, it's kind of like, it's so ironic to me. It's that, you know, this whole, the past few years, NBA fans are like, oh yeah, Jimmy needs his help. He deserves that championship. And now that he's getting his help from the role players and everyone, it's like, oh, he's getting carried now. You you see how ridiculous that narrative is, right? Because he's finally getting his help and now people are like, he's getting carried. So, you know, th- I, I think that, that, that just, that, that's just stupid to me, but Obviously, shout out to everyone for stepping up. You know, they know this is the big moment. They all have one goal in mind, and that's to win a championship. And they're just out, they're just outperforming. You know, Gabe Vincent has really been special to me because he showed up in every single series, especially in the Knicks series. I mean, that man, you know, obviously when Jimmy was out, he stepped up. Even when Jimmy's in, he's consistently scoring and he's doing it doing it on an efficient rate. And obviously, his defense is also very impactful. Not even like this year, even last year, man. He had a defensive assignment on Trey Young, and he did an amazing job on him. Caleb Martin obviously had the big series against the Celtics. And, I mean, I don't know how to expand on what I'm saying because I think we all know that everyone just in the, everyone's in the right mindset to step up, and no one cares what the media thinks. Right. Like, overall, and I've said it before and I'll say it again. I just want – I mean, you know what? You mentioned a good point earlier, though, Orchard, because, you know, our players will use that as fuel. So, but, like, even then, man, I just want to see our guys get their props. So, I'm just glad we were able to quickly get that out the way. And, you know, it was what Gabe Vincent said during um last night's interview with um the NBA studio crew. He went out there and he said that, you know, I don't, we don't give a damn about what any of y'all think, you know, we're going to go out there and we're going to do our thing. So, you know, even then, you know, to, for them to have that mentality still is great. We know this team and we know that after every game, they're always going to not care what the media says. And they're always going to have the mentality that they're down zero games to three, which is what you want to see from these guys. So, I can't wait to see them continue with that mentality, especially with these next two games in Miami. And that brings me into our next and final topic for today. And that's none other than game three for the Heat, which is coming back to Miami. Um, This is interesting because you're playing finals basketball in Miami for the first time since 2014. It's a great feeling for all Heat fans. And all I got to say is just, come on, Miami, just protect home court because if you win both of these games, you're up three games to one. I know it's a lot easier than it's a lot easier said than done because Denver is a great team still. But my main thing for the Heat is that as long as they go out there, do their thing, 
and they can just still find a way to keep Jokic from getting those triple doubles, we should be good to go. And that's going to be the main thing. Obviously, it's not going to be easy to keep Jokic from being that playmaker that he is. But I believe in Spo. I believe in this squad. I believe they can prevent him from doing that. So I have. It's kind of like a double header question for me. So I want to know from y'all, like, what is your expectations for the Heat come this game three? And do you guys believe that the Heat can continue to be consistent with keeping Jokic away from being that playmaker that he is and prevent him from being that triple double guy that he's been throughout the season? Uh, we'll start off with you, Orchard. Yeah, I'm pretty conflicted on this one. I think, I don't know how, if we're going to be able to stop Jokic from getting his triple-double, um, but I think we can still win. That's 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 the, that's the thing for me. Obviously, you were saying earlier in the pod, it's better if we can keep him at a score, and obviously it's great if we can prevent him from getting those assists, but I think if I think in the second half, the Heat just found some way to just shut down Jokic in terms of his playmaking abilities. And if they can continue that, that would be huge. Obviously, like, um, excuse me, sorry about that. Uh, continuing to deny Jamal Murray the ball would also be huge. And it was interesting because they, I think Michael Malone benched Michael Porter Jr. He only played 26 minutes. So, you know, if you can just, if you can put the pressure on the role players to have to shoot, that would be big. Um and then for other things, obviously, it's rebounding. We did get out-rebounded in this game. And obviously, it's it's kind of a given because they're, they're outsiding us. But obviously, rebounding leads to wins for us. Um, and I like us to stay aggressive. Obviously, the transition from two free throws to 20 free throws was a major factor. So I just obviously staying aggressive. And just not having breakdowns, man. The 27-6 to 6 run, it we're not going to always escape that. We know we're capable of doing it, but obviously if you can avoid it, it's best. And that, that that's what I got to say. Right. And how about you, Kev? Man, yeah, I think I think we can contain the Joker. Um, as great as a player is, like, yes, he's going to get his, no doubt about it. But, again, it's not even so much about containing him. It's just about containing the other guys, most importantly, Jamal Murray. And when you have a guy like Jimmy Gardenham, I mean, that's one of the better matchups that you could have, right? You know, if you just want to ask a star to try and lock somebody down. So I expect us to, I mean, I don't even know if I can say I expect us to play better at home just because, like, we played such an excellent game last night. But I expect us to be just as consistent as we was. Game two, you know, hitting shots will both be, I mean, we'll be back home. So it should be much easier to get your shots off, get your looks off. And honestly, as you mentioned earlier, Joe, the Nuggets haven't been that great on the road. Like, I think a lot of people are kind of overlooking that. Like, yeah, they played in one, what was that, game six in Phoenix. You know, Phoenix kind of just looked like they were gassed out and tired because D-Book and KD were, were carrying such heavy minutes. But, I mean, mm-hmm. they lost, I think they lost, what, one in uh, Denver. And, you know, both the times they played in L.A., like, those games were close. So, I mean, to me, it's just about simple. Come back, hold down home court. Like, it's nothing better than that. I think if we want to win this game, is going to come down to, again, just getting off clean looks and knocking down shots. Like, I really think that's what it comes down to. Defensively, the effort's going to be there. Um, it's probably going to be close, tight, and contested, just like this past game was. But, I mean, it's it's the same things, man. You got to you gotta live with, you know, giving up some things. But if you can contain guys like KCP and Aaron Gordon 
and a couple other guys, like you're you're gonna put yourself in a good spot to win the game. So I expect us to just compete defensively and continue to play our offense, man. If we can get a Jimmy game within game three or game four, I think that will, that will boost the morale of this series a lot more in our favor too as well. But game three, I think it's gonna be it's gonna take another complete team effort in my opinion. Right, and you know what we saw in game two was this team basically gained so much momentum, which I just want to acknowledge because. You know, game one, I mean, there was just a lot of things that went wrong for the Heat. And it was the fact that, you know, you look at that game specifically, you know, Jimmy didn't have the best game. I mean, Highsmith had more points than him. And then you also have the fact that, you know, a lot of our shooters were missing. Um, I know Struess, as we mentioned earlier, didn't have a good game. He went 0 of 10 from the field. Then you have a guy um like Caleb who, you know, is continuing to struggle because of his sickness. Um, Like I said, hopefully he could get better soon for this game three but yeah he was struggling too along with a couple other guys but you know overall like now it seems like we're kind of getting something to go and we were able to make the adjustments needed to you know contain Jokic and that's why uh, that was another main difference as I mentioned from game one to game two like I mentioned earlier where he had 10 assists at the end of the first half in game one only to finish 48 minutes a game two with just four so I think as long as we can just exhaust him, you know, we'll be good to go, you know, because when Jokic is out there and he's looking gassed, there's only so much that man can do for this team because there was a couple of times where I'm looking at the game, you know, late in that third quarter and then early in the fourth, that man looked exhausted and it didn't help that when Denver did not have Jokic in the game, you know, late, you know, I'm talking about late, not early, because obviously that was abysmal for the Heat, but late in that game when he was there, when he was sitting on that bench, the Nuggets did not were not able to play good whatsoever. And that put Mike Malone in a situation where he had no choice but to put um Nikola Jokic back in the game, even though he wasn't, you know, getting enough rest at the time because they needed something from him. And he tried his best, but there was only so much energy he had left in him. And that's another thing that costed them the game. The fact that Miami was able to gas him out so much that there was only so much left that he had in the tank. And we saw him like when that man is exhausted, it takes such a huge toll on the team because obviously you're looking at not only a guy that's going to get his, but you know, a guy that's going to try to get other people going too. So as long as he's exhausted and Miami continues to play physical without, you know, getting hit with any fouls or such, we should be in a good situation because at the end of the day, that is the major difference maker for this Nuggets team is having a guy like Jokic and making sure that he's not being that playmaker that we know he's capable of being. But all of that aside, is there anything else that y'all want to add before we close this episode out? I just want to quickly say that if it's a closed game, we should just close out the game better because the Nuggets did go on an 11-2 run at the end of the game, and that was a little scary, but just got to make sure that and and it's been a common thing sometimes where we have trouble closing out offensively. So it would be nice. Now that we're at home, hopefully that's a boost for us to be in the right offensive mindset to close out. Put that pressure on Michael Porter Jr., man, because Facts. that's one thing people don't really talk about enough is that if I'm just being honest, a lot of people, when they look at Denver again, they look at them like they're like, by far, like they probably are the best team in the league, but a lot of people view them like far ahead of everybody else. And I just don't think that's the case. 
and defensively nobody ever talks like they have been better than what they were but they're not this like gigantic tank or whatever people want to make it out to be like they're a good defensive team but just like any team they do have their liabilities and their weaknesses and when you attack a guy like mpj who's been undisciplined and shown to have been undisciplined um throughout the course of his career already he's one of them guys where when he's playing on he plays on emotions so if, if his confidence is sky high He's going to be playing his best basketball. But like last night, when some shots aren't falling, he completely just zones out of the game and his mind goes other places. So when you do that, then you got to think about it. His replacement is usually, you know, Bruce Brown who's a good player, sometimes Jeff Green, but it could also be Christian Brown at times. And Christian Brown, he was good in that second quarter and he made that big run to help them take the lead and get back into the game. But at the same time, he's a rookie. He's never been here before. And in the fourth quarter, he had a couple of breakdowns himself that kind of cost him the game too. So, I'm telling you, if we just put some pressure on their wings, it's, it's real, real good, man. It, like Aaron Gordon can can guard, but when it comes to guarding us, it's about being disciplined and, and communicating on a high level. And Denver so far hasn't really shown to do that because even in game one, as we all know, like we did not shoot the ball that well. We had a lot of wide open looks. We just didn't cash in on them. So, hey, man, we just, like I said, we keep doing our thing and we're going to get the job done. Right. And, you know, I just put in the chat like this man on um, K, he couldn't make it for the pod today, but because he couldn't make it, he texted me this. And um, <laughs> it, it was a bit of an essay because y'all know that man, K, you know, y'all can check his, check his articles out on he versus the world website at hcgwpodcast.wordpress.com. That man, um, he kind of gave us a bit of a thesis on what the Heat need to do come game three. And I put some of it in the chat where, you know, they're trying to get Nuggets to soften up in middle and wins on shooters. And once they start second-guessing themselves, that's at that moment where Jimmy eats. I'm just basically reading some of what he wrote. Um, just based on slight rewatches, I can't prove it yet. But if Denver um starts hugging the wing, though, which I would say Malone's rhetoric last night suggests, because as we all hinged on before a series, their, their lack of defense can kill them. And they have the ca the capability to do what um has been said. And the Heat do, and they'd be in multiple and uniform at once. So hopefully I did a good job reading that. I was just trying to quickly get that out there too for K. Um, but that was also a good point. You know, just simply being, in my book, just being more physical with it. And like me mentioned, they are in a situation where they can just try to tire Jokic out and not put him in a situation where he can be that elite playmaker. And while and also you mentioned it yourself, Kev. Like that's something I haven't paid attention to too much when it comes to Michael Porter Jr. Because I don't keep a big eye on all of these guys and how their game is like. But I've 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 now noticed it because you mentioned it. Like he does seem like a guy that plays off of emotions. So. You know, I think as long as the Heat can contain, can guard him and, you know, make sure that he's getting his misses and, you know, keeping his confidence at a low, it's a great thing to see. You know, last game, they literally had, and you mentioned it earlier, Orchard, like they flat out benched him at one point. And it's stuff like that you love to see because, you know, that takes a knock on his confidence. And overall, man, like, <laughs> you put, I was struggling, man. Now nah, I was just a bit. But, you know, overall, like for the Heat, I just want to see them come in protect home court, and let's try to win this game in game four. Let's try to take this 3-1 lead, and let's try to get closer to this fourth championship. Is there anything else y'all want to say before we close this out? Let's get a win. How about you, Kev? 
Same thing. All right. So with that being said, man, thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Make sure to follow um, Orchard on Twitter at JimVP vs. the World. Make sure to follow Kevin at Twitter at Kevo Mufasa 7. That's two O's in Kevo. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at JoeKJacob underscore. Make sure to follow us on all platforms at HVTW Podcast so you can check out all of, all of our content out there and also make sure to check out our website i said it earlier and i'll say it again at hvtwpodcast.wordpress.com and last but not least make sure to subscribe to the youtube channel at heat versus the world where you can get access to all of our content um whether if it's new episodes of the pod new episodes of biscayne breakdown featuring our guys k and beam along with our dolphins content and dolphins versus the world as well but with all of that being said man we're here Miami Heat, let's go get these next two wins and let's try to win that championship. And with that being said, we feeling good. We're three wins away from getting it done and I'm having a good time. I cannot wait for on uh, what is it, game three? I think it's what this um what Thursday? I don't I don't be keeping track of the time. I think it's um or can you help me out real quick? It's on Wednesday, yeah, it's right? Wednesday. Bet, bet, bet. So with yeah. that being said, we are about to watch finals basketball at the Kaseya Center, American Airlines Arena, whatever you want to call that thing. So with that being said, it is a great time to be a Heat fan. So if y'all with me, let's get it. Let's get lit. Let's go crazy. Come game three and hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat versus the World podcast.